Super Entrepreneurs Podcast. Today we have with us Eleanor Stutz. How are you, Eleanor? I'm doing great. Thank you. And you? I am doing amazing. Wonderful. Thank you so much for asking. And it's so grateful, as I mentioned earlier, for you to take the time to come on this show um, and talk to us. Well, it's a pleasure being your guest. Thank you. An honor. Oh, the- <laughs> Thank you. And our format is usually, you know, very laid back, right? Like that's how we like to conduct these interviews, bring the human side out, bring out what is going on inside the, the successful entity as yourself. Um, But, you know, we always start with allowing you to kind of introduce yourself in your own words, right? Kind of give the audience imagery of who you are. Okay. I'm a stubborn individual. Okay. I wanted to be in business. In my day, women were supposed to stay home, but that's not what I wanted. So it took six interviews to get a job selling an unknown brand to copier door to door. Not what I wanted to do. And the treatment was dreadful. But being stubborn, I just went out in the territory, knocked on every door I could, and not... They didn't want to give me training. They assumed I was just a stupid woman who would never succeed, fail anyway. So I went out on my own, did it my way, and I made friends with everybody I met, including the guards with guns and people in the basement. They're the ones who got me into this C-suite. By the fourth month, I still knew nothing about the large printers I was supposed to sell or how to sell, and I was the top producer. So the games then got really ugly, and that continued throughout my career. Why did it get ugly? What do you mean? Uh, Because I was an embarrassment to the men, and they didn't want a woman at the top of the sales scoreboard. Well, you actually felt it. Oh, yeah, big time. Year after year, my thanks for bringing in Fortune 500 and 100 companies into the uh, account-based management system. I was the only one who did that. They, my accounts were given to the men, and my quota tripled for the following year. So year after year, I had to go find another job. But I quickly learned or realized that interviewing follows the sales cycle. So I became very adept at interviewing, and years later, it became part of my community service project to help job seekers know how to sell themselves on interviews. Wow. And you still do that right now, right? They kind of help yeah. uh, clients. Okay. I do. It's uh, mainly via the blog. Um, so I have another amazing story to share. And then yes, I want to say the summary of all of it is I came to learn our worst experiences are actually our gifts in disguise. I'm one who was rammed in at a, at a red light. Uh, suffered an irreparable broken neck. I wasn't supposed to survive. But two visions came to me. And one, I was to be a speaker, which in my mind, I'm saying all this. I said, yes, that's what I always wanted to do. And then a brilliant gold light encased my entire body. And to me, that was a signal I'd be fine. But then a new vision came. It was of a report card. I had high life marks on the left. But the right-hand side was a complete embarrassment. It was 
labeled community service completely blank. And in the moment, I promised to begin giving back to communities any way I may. And with that, I saw a blink and then the gold light slowly dissipated. And I just knew I'd be well. But the next morning, sales skills and speaking up saved my life. I heard I was heavily medicated, had two minutes to meet the surgeon. And I heard him say in no uncertain words, Mrs. Stutz, when you wake up, most likely you will be paralyzed. And the oh most likely told me he didn't expect me to survive at all. So I shot back, repeating some of his words. Doctor, when I wake up, I fully expect to be well. And the last thing I remember was jumping backward right before surgery. Hours later, he's standing over me and said, Mrs. Stutz, no rhyme or reason for what happened. But in four days, you will walk out of this hospital on your own. And the entire staff came in to meet me, calling me the walking miracle. It took me years to iron out what happened, but I'm very grateful for the surgery and all that occurred that night. So amazing. And you know, like you always talk about this too, right? About mindset is everything. I did same for me. So in this example, you can see how powerful we are. Yes. Yes. Because you, so, you were thinking those thoughts. What's your example? Oh, I, I was making a point on, on the point that you mentioned, you know, how you always talk about mindset is everything. And I say that I preach that. I mean, like I, I talk about that all the time as well as mindset is everything, you know, even more than skill set is to understand what's going on inside you. Um, many things for me in my situation, but most recently, um, and you always get hit. And when you get hit, and when you get that, when you get that, like hit the wall kind of feeling and you feel like it's, it's over, everything is like going all crazy. Yes. <laughs> that's the time that you have that awareness. And that's the time that you start understanding your being and where you, what you really are, what and who you really are, you know, not the body and the name. Um, and that realization has changed my life. Um, I absolutely love being. And I, I love doing, but the doing is very coming from a very, very calm place. So that's been my, my awakening and my changes in my life that has made me believe how mindset is everything. Outstanding. Yeah. And for you, so you've been pretty much in sales your entire life. Well, uh, I'll tell you a funny story. Uh, I was a stay-at-home mom for years, but I've had a series of entrepreneurships while staying at home. And, you know, they were successful, but we needed more money for college. And my husband comes home one night. I'm busy typing away on the computer for a client. And I hear him say to my disbelief, I know what you should do for a career, Eleanor. You have the personality of a salesperson. I got up looked him in the eye very seriously, and I asked quietly, is that a compliment or an insult? <laughs> yeah. But he was right. How often do you hear that? It was my up upbringing. I learned how to deal with bullies. My dad always said at the dinner table, never, ever give up when the tough gets going, the going get tough. And he point out athletic athletes, that would uh, were predicted to lose, but wound up winning every single night. 
And my yeah. mother said, be nice to everybody, no matter what. That mm. was the perfect sales training. Yeah. So in your household, I can hear that um, your parents, like growing up, they had a specific type of of mindset in your household, right? Like it's about go, 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 go get her. Like it was very positive. Yeah, very positive. So like you, when I hit a wall, I think, oh, my goodness, is it time to give up? Yeah. <laughs> out of date. No, you've got to revise your plan. <laughs> Yes. Yes. So that's, that's wonderful that you, you grew up in that kind of environment. That is why you, you know, I feel um, there's always either consciously or unconsciously, they have something inside that's making them tick the way they tick. And you could see that you had that upbringing. And I noticed that, you know, are you into entrepreneurship as well? Or? Yeah, no, I am an entrepreneur. And uh, we moved cross country. As you can tell, I'm an older person. Nobody wanted me near them. So I started focusing on my blog. And you cannot believe what's happening with the blog now. It's all part of not giving up. And then because of the visibility of the Smooth Sail blog, my books picked up popularity. So may I give you one example of not giving up? This is remarkable. I'm still comprehending all of what happened. I was at, we moved to a new city in California. I was on stage announcing who I was, that I was a sales trainer. And 200 people in the room began laughing at me and the women started shrieking, I must be highly manipulative and ran away from me. Thankfully, someone came over to me and said, Eleanor, to establish credibility, you have to write a book. So I thought, okay, my phone's not ringing, nothing to lose. I wrote a manuscript, I self-published. And I gave uh, copies out to a very small network of friends. And one man in a really mean voice said, well, if your book were any good, a publisher would have picked it up. So my advice to people is listen to those nasty remarks, because sometimes there's a nugget of gold. So the very next Monday, that was Saturday, Monday, I met someone who was just getting started representing authors to publishing houses. I hired her on the spot and it was quickly picked up. Nice girls do get the sale. It became an international bestseller. And this year, just a couple months ago, I was advised that it will never go out of print. It's among the classics. Now, if you think I ever envision going from being laughed off stage to having a book become a classic because of that event, that's why I say our worst experiences are our gifts in disguise. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. I'm, I'm a firm believer that of that as well. Um, well. How does that nice girl play a part in, in, in sales presentations? Oh, well, it's a corporate tell-all. I changed all the names to protect the guilty. Yeah. And it gives example (laughs) after example of um, the awful circumstances and how I overcame them and how I got into the corporate executive uh, suite to uh, earn the sales. And I trained people. It's sales isn't about talking. It's about listening, hearing what's being said, not being said and clarifying what you don't understand. You have to admit what you don't know, what you need to learn. It's the honesty and the integrity that earns the sale. Nothing else matters as much. Yeah, it's the heart-to-heart connection, right? 
Absolutely. Yeah. And unfortunately, yeah, because unfortunately, a lot of people are in sales, for example, they go in either they're going with loaded with benefits, you know, of the product, right. Or they're loaded with, with uh, good things to talk about themselves, for example, or the company. Um, but the problem is they lose that connection, right? That subconscious mind to subconscious mind connection. I feel like that's the, that's the way to close, you know, and, and if we're, we're always in service to each other. Right. So if you're not connecting with other human beings, then I don't know, it's, it's hard. Exactly. So my favorite starting question, whether it's on Zoom or in person, yeah. is you must be so busy. What was it that caught your interest to take the time to meet with me today and let yeah. them talk? Mm, good. And good. then you can make the connection, as you mentioned. Yes. And what about objections, right? Like, you know, the everyone knows you bring up objections in the beginning, right? You want to bring them on the surface and talk about them. Um, how do you have any strategy of handling objections or any kind of uniqueness that you can offer the audience? Um, yeah, just say, I appreciate what you're saying. Can you give me more insight about your past experience, why you feel that way or believe that? And then when they start relaying more insight, you can ask more questions. I question a lot. Dig and deep. then I might be able to see the underlying connection where we can bridge the gap. Yeah, that's the most important so part. So I call it a relaxed style of negotiation. When you're smiling, you're listening, you're having a two-way conversation, that's when things blossom. So I tell everybody, I'm a salesperson at heart. Yes or no works for me. I just need the honesty. Yeah. Just give it to me. Yeah. And, and for, for any recommendations for pre-presentation, I mean, like when you're about to go into presentation, do you, when you work with clients or anybody in the audience, for example, if you could share any guidelines or anything to follow before going into an actual presentation, like five minutes before, 10 minutes before, any kind of prep work that you do? Uh, yeah, a lot of prep work. Um, I always replay uh, conversations in my mind. And of course, I'll think of questions I didn't ask. People used to call me Columbo, the old time TV detective. <laughs> I call up the next day and say, you know, I was thinking about you last night. And they'd say, oh, really? They would, I didn't realize it pumped them up. And I'd say, yeah, I thought about a question. I didn't say I forgot. I'd say, I thought about another question. Would you mind answering? Oh, no, not at all. It's a pleasure. So anyways, replay the conversations before, you know, the final appointment, review all your notes, replay all the conversations and think about extra strategies that you may not have discussed. So and before you go in, before you leave your premises, look in the mirror and tell yourself, I've got this. I can do it. Make sure you've got a genuine smile on your face. The pep talk is essential. Exercise if you need to. So positive energy is flowing. And then when you get out of your car, if, if you're going in person, tell yourself again, I've got this. I can do it. If it's a Zoom call, just you know, do a couple jumping jacks. Then get on the call and tell them. If you have a couple questions, just say, I have the proposal you requested. 
I want you to know this is a working document in progress. So if there's anything you don't understand, you don't agree with, or want to change, we can do it. This doesn't have to be the final moment. And it makes everyone relaxed. They see we're coming from their perspective. It's not an arm twisting moment. The relaxed negotiation is what works best, in my opinion. Yeah. No, I, I completely agree. You, I, that's why I was excited to be with you because I could relate to a lot of the, 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 the way that you do, you know, teach and the way you do these uh, uh, strategies because really it's that calmness, it's that relaxed uh, nature with having the right expectations and going into a sales presentation. You will basically be there in the you're basically there to kind of open up doorways to serve that person that you're with. It's not about you, you, you anymore. You know what I mean? So I love that. I love that way that you explained it. Oh, thank you. One other thing that might uh, make you laugh. Most salespeople fall down on the follow-up and it's essential that you're timely on the follow-up use a CRM database so that you've got everything or whatever it is, set timers and but I used to forewarn people when they tell me, oh, I'm too busy now, call back, da-da-da-da-da. And I'd say, excuse me, I excel in follow-up. You don't want to tell me to follow-up unless you mean it. Can I count on you to be there when I call back? And they burst out laughing. They say, yes, I like your style. <laughs> That's great. Yes. No, it's good. It's so important. And for you, when you work with people, um, you know, you might have may have experienced this, but I'm sure you have. I'm just kind of opening it up on this topic is that we could go into corporations, you could go into sales teams, you can go into individual people that rely on sales to earn an income, for example. It always, you could teach them all the skills. You could teach them everything you have. You said, go and do it. They just don't do the do, right? Majority of them, right? So how do you deal with that component to make sure they take action on what they learn? Um, well, truthfully, um, I like training teams because you get a lot of diverse input and I'm into that. Sales coaching was never my thing because I found most people do not follow up on any level and they say they'll take the advice and they don't. I find it frustrating and a waste of my time. Mm-hmm. You yeah. agree. So you agree. So you agree like that do, do, doing the do is the biggest problem. Yeah. 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 Even- I, I like connecting with motivated people who are of a similar mindset. I mean, people who will challenge me or provide new ideas, but at least be of the same mindset to keep going. You experience that in teams as well, right? Like even in teams that uh, when you work with them, you know, do you, do you have any kind of accountability when you work with the team or you just go in there, do the training and then like, how does it work with you when you go into with a team environment? Um, truthfully, I haven't done it in a long time. I did it in Silicon Valley and uh, some experiences were excellent and others, um, they said the training was great. But then they didn't follow up on it. So, you know, management would ask me, what happened? I said, well, you need to answer the question. Why are they not motivated to continue doing the, the great advice I gave? 
Yeah, yeah, it's so true. It's so true, Eleanor. So it's um thank you. That's, thank you. <laughs> yeah, it's so true, Eleanor. Like that's the gap that I concentrate on, that we I concentrate bet. on. Yeah, that's the gap. You know, they're saying, Oh, give me skills, give me strategies, give me all this. And I do, but I I, I just keep saying, listen, that's not where you're gonna get the results. You gotta there's a lot going on inside that needs to be corrected and replaced and updated, updated OS, you know what I mean? then you will actually take the what I show you, you can actually do it, right? But that's where the focus, as I say, like 90% mindset, 10% strategy. There's some that even say 98% mindset, 2% strategy, right? But I right. feel strategy is still uh, crucial. Like you need to know what to do. Uh, but what's ticking behind that doing is it's, it's the yeah. power center, right? Well, and the other part is I believe a lot of people are employed to take the paycheck, but not put in the effort. And uh, what what just drives me crazy is traders will say, here's a script, memorize it, and you'll do great. Nothing could be further from the truth. You and I have very similar beliefs, but we're very different people, right? Yes. So yes. we have to adjust our conversation to one another. And the same with every person you meet. So how can a script work? It can't, in my opinion. No, it's the connection, you know, um, and that's that's unfortunate, right? You see it all around you. I I do like participate in presentations, meaning that I allow people. Uh, if somebody connects to me, I allow them. Yeah, present to me. Maybe I'm missing some. Maybe something I don't know that's out there that can make better for my business, for me, for people that I serve. Right. So it could, it cannot go, it can't be a bad thing. If somebody's trying to learn and living, trying to present, present something to me, there might be something that I could use. So I always try to hear from them and majority I'm telling you majority, there's no connection. It's just, they're just, you know, laying it out on a table and it's, it's, it's unfortunate, but this is the kind of awareness that we bring into the market, right? And that's the great that what you do, and and it brings that awareness. And I see that you're you're a top one percent influencer. Yeah, that surprised me. Amazing. <laughs> Everybody always tells me I do everything wrong, but um, <laughs> <laughs> seriously, <laughs> so, so far you're doing great. <laughs> so, yeah. so we were living in a small town where we didn't belong and everybody thought I was crazy. And thank goodness uh, social media was announced and this marketing genius I knew asked if I'd like to join her group to learn the better strategies for communicating online. I said, absolutely. I was the first one to jump in and it was the best thing I could have done because instead of being dependent upon those who live near you, I was able to choose those who had similar priorities and goals and who thought similarly so that we could collaborate and uh, get word out. So that's what contributed to my becoming a 1% uh, influencer. Amazing. And Fred built a page in my honor. I was shocked. <laughs> I'm sorry. Say that again. Cred is the K-R-E-D. They're the ones who uh, rated me as that. Oh, K-R-E-D. K-R-E-D. Okay. And they created a page on my behalf. Amazing. Congratulations. Thank you. 
Thank yeah, you. Yeah, when I when I saw that, I was very very happy. And and are you planning on writing um, more books? <laughs> I would love to write more. I write all the time. However, the marketing of a book is where the work begins. Yes. And marketing isn't my number one strength. Selling and influencing are. So. It's like really time consuming. I, so I don't know the answer, but I believe I'm going to have a lot more insight to share. I may. Um, I don't know if you're aware. I, I agreed to be on the social media committee for Inclusion Allies Coalition, of which I am very much in favor of. They're devoted to diversity, equity, and inclusion. Given my experience in the corporate world, and excuse me, but I'm, I'm white, but a female, the discrimination was horrific. I can't even imagine somebody from another country or different skin tone, what they experience. So they are the most brilliant, active people I have ever met. It's the best community I ever joined. And we're working on ways to uh, get them uh, known. Well, that's great. So can you can you repeat the name of that? Sure. Inclusion Allies Coalition. I can send you the link if you like. Okay. Well, once we do the show notes, um, you know, uh, Ken will be putting it in there as well. Um, and he, he'll have the research on it. Uh, but if it's not, if you don't mind sending an email, it doesn't hurt. So oh, we'll yeah. add it into the show. Yeah, it will send it. We'll add it in the show notes. So, is this a new organization? Uh, it's been around a few years, but it's building up momentum now. And I can see tremendous change coming about. So, uh, we're all working on it together to get the visibility out there and the interest increasing. Great. I'm going to check that. I'm going to take a look at it as well. It's unfortunate, you know, this uh, racism stuff and, and all this it's, it's out there. Um, but I was, I was at a clubhouse one day and this lady um, said something that is stuck in my head that I never, never forgot. I forgot her name though. I wish I could give her credit, but it's, she said, you know, it's kind of disgusting because if you hear when I heard it, I was disgusted, but it made sense. He goes, if you take a human being inside out, there's absolutely no difference between male, female. Uh, like, you know what I mean? Like it, the whole, like the whole in, the inside becomes the outside, I guess not the male, female, but for the, the color of the skin, right. The shape, all that kind of stuff is identical. Everyone has the same internal system. So uh, it was disgusting to hear. And the image that came into mind, it was a skateboard. But it really comes down to that. Like, if you think about it, like, we're all pretty much the same. It's just our mind that creates that differences. And, be, and yeah. back in those days, the mind uh, mindset, the, the, the paradigm was just completely um, around that nature, right? That women can't work and all this kind of stuff. And then we started evolving our awareness. And as our awareness grows, the more things open up to us, like the, the, you know, everything in the universe starts opening up as long as our awareness keeps increasing. So it's great. It's great. It's great that what you do and how you do it. Eleanor, I'm awesome. I was awesome to meet you. Uh, I, we do always like to ask our guests what their internal 
superpower is that got them to this point? Uh, never giving up. Mm, now nah, I heard that in the beginning. Yes. <laughs> That's excellent. <laughs> Keep going. <laughs> That's awesome. My thing is to do it my way. But I say frequently, we each have one life to live. Mm-hmm. And it's best to live it without regret. Do it your way and be proud of who you're becoming. Just accept and be proud. Yeah. And then the other quote I, that that's probably better, um, it's after my near-death experience um, became believe, become, empower. Believe you can do it, become that person, and then turn around and empower others to do similar. Yes. Yes. Exactly. That's my cycle. So it matches me. That's exactly what I what I'm doing. So that's awesome. Great. Amazing. Yeah. And you know that that part about not giving up, right? That became part of you so strong as a child, right? Like that's something that was on your mind, like even going through school. It was always there. Do you remember? Like was it always there? Never give up. Never give up. Yeah, you know, I started writing out some memoirs for my children, whether they wanted to read it or not. But I recall that in uh, kindergarten, I was four, a boy threw sand in my eyes and I came home crying. And my dad said, if you don't stand up for yourself, no one else will. I was four. And that stayed with me. And at age five, this boy took over a sandbox, different school. Nobody went in. I went in. And he threw some sand in my eyes. And forgive me for telling you what I did. But on the way out, I called his name. And meanwhile, I picked up a few grains of sand in my hand. And as he said, what? And, you know, opened up his mouth to say that I put the sand down his mouth. So I went, I was five. I was called into the principal's office and I was asked why that was a horrible thing to do. I didn't know. So um, I explained why and nobody was allowed in the sandbox because of him. So... They called that boy in, his parents in, and all the kids were congratulating me for opening up the sandbox again. I think that's what oh, started wow. my journey. <laughs> that's, that's amazing. And it's so, it's so great that you remember it. Yeah, that just came to me. And oh, wow. um, I've had all kinds of uh, instances of dealing with bullies, and I, I just let them have it back. Only that's great. I say not only give it back, but at a higher level, just so they'll never do it again. Mm. Stand up for yourself. Yep. Yeah. Well, you know what, Eleanor, it has been uh, it's been great having you on the show. Thank you so much for taking the time uh, and your from your busy schedule to meet with us and the audience. Um, if there's any kind of last minute suggestion, recommendations, or from something from your heart to the audience that could serve them or help them in any way, I'll greatly appreciate you sharing something right now. If not, no worries. What I what I discovered was, as I said, you know, our worst events are gifts in disguise. When people hurl nastiness at you, put on your make believe superwoman or superman cape. Have it oiled so that all the nastiness just slides off your back and you keep going forward. You have to envision that, imagine that and keep doing it and you will succeed. Amazing. That's amazing. Persistence and never give up. 
This is great, Eleanor. Thank you so much. Keep in touch. Um, oh, you know, I make to, yeah, I make great friends this way. To be honest, like I'm I have sure. uh, during COVID. Uh, because, you know, everybody was at home. Right. So, you know, doing these podcasts, meeting people and you just know when you when you when you click with someone like you just know. Right. And anytime yes. that happened, I would say, you know, just, hey, let's stay in touch. Let's stay in touch. So I built some uh, great relationships this way. You know, I have a private group as well. Um, you know, if you have time, you want to come in, do a live there with me. We do like the same process. They're mostly entrepreneurs, people involved in sales and stuff. You want to say something, share something, talk about that group or anything like that. Like I'm always trying to serve and help every, everyone, everyone around anywhere. So that's wonderful. Highly admirable. And I'm going to ask you, you to contribute a blog <laughs> and I'll sure. send the details afterwards. Yes. Okay. Yes, please. No problem. I love that. Super. This was wonderful. One of the yes, best conversations. Was. Thank you. Oh, thank you so much, Eleanor. Same here as well. It was, it was amazing. Thank you so much.